Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to this special edition of Geek Town Radio. Um, as you've probably heard me mention over the last few weeks, um, we've had a lot of interviews to do recently. Um, and uh, I thought, seeing as uh, two of the interviews that I did um, are connected to the same movie, I thought it might be a good idea to uh, put them out as a special podcast um, and uh, just put both interviews together so you can uh, hear all about the film uh, the uh, the movie's called Amar Akbar and Tony. Uh, it's an independent British comedy. Um, it's about three friends who have sort of grown up together, and uh, it's a coming of age uh, comedy. Um, the lead characters are a Sikh Muslim and an Irish Catholic. Uh, they're sort of taking stock of their lives in contemporary London. Um, it's a tribute um, to the 1970s Bollywood classic Amar Akbar Tony, um, which has a, a similar kind of feel to it, but it's uh, it's not a sort of exact copy of the uh, of the film it's a tribute to. Um, the two guys I'm talking to are a guy called Rez Kempton, who plays Amar, the Sikh in the movie. Um, Rez, you may have spotted on uh, shows like Spooks. He's been in a number of movies. Uh, he's got a film coming up called Monsoon Tide. Um, I spoke to him a couple of months ago, so uh, you, you'll hear some of the references are slightly out of date. But uh, uh, So he's coming up first. Um, and then after him, I'm talking to a guy called Martin Delaney. He plays Tony, who's the Irish Catholic uh, out of the threesome. Martin, you uh, may know from Family Affairs, which he was on for three years. Uh, he's been in Casualty. He's appeared on Robin Hood, Two Pints of Lager, Him and Her. Um, and he's just recently cast in uh, Now You See Me 2, alongside Dave Franco, Daniel Radcliffe, and a number of other people. Uh, he was also in Zero Doc 30 as well. He had a small role in that. Um, so uh, you may recognise him from a few of those things. Uh, the movie also uh, stars um, Mira Sayal and Nina Wanda from um, Goodness Gracious Me. Uh, it's got a bunch of other people in it as well. Um, it's a really good cast, very funny film. Um, so uh, here are the interviews. Uh, here's the first one. It's Rez. <laughs> 
David. Sorry for the delay. Oh, don't worry. No worries. Yeah, no worries. London tubes, I know. <laughs> yes. delayed me getting home. Oh, yeah, no. Well, I, I have to drive into Birmingham every day, and it took me two hours yesterday. Really? <laughs> two hours? How come? <laughs> um, they, they closed the A34, which is one of the main roads I used to get into uh, into town. Oh, wow. And, yeah. and they, they, so they were sending everybody up and off around an island. Uh, right. All it was was a broken down vehicle, but they decided to shut the entire road. Oh, so, no. <laughs> Seriously? So, wow. That's yeah. horrible. Yeah, I, uh, I loathe that, that traffic. It's, it's, um, it's not pleasant. I'm, I'm kind of the wrong side of the A5. I, li I live in Staffordshire, just outside. So, oh, I see. Right. Um, okay. Oh, no, I'm just yeah. the wrong side of, of uh, yeah. uh, just slightly too far away. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. No. Sure. No. Sure. Uh, but oh, yes, God. tubes will be quite nice around here. But uh, you know. Yeah. No, it's lovely. No, it's a lovely part of the part of the world. I know. Mm. I've worked in Brum quite a bit, so I know, uh, yeah. I know a bit. I know we it quite well. Were you on, uh, have you been on Doctors? Isn't that I've shot done Doctors, I've done other stuff there, I've been at the Mac, I've been at the Birmingham Rep a few times as uh, well. Yes. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I've Good done theaters. a bit yeah. of work in Brum. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it gets a bad rap, but it's a lovely city these days. Oh no, it is, it is a really nice city, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I didn't understand, whenever I've been asked to work there, people go, oh, Birmingham. And I'm like, well, I don't know what these guys are talking about, it's lovely canals, beautiful walks, countryside is just literally outside the city, the city yeah. centre is so vibrant, buzzy, and yeah. with the bars and all the rest of it, it's like a really great, buzzy place. Yeah, it's, it tends to be people that haven't been there since sort of the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, it, sure. Sure, I can ha having, imagine. Having grown you know. up around here, it was in the eighties. It was a horrible concrete monstrosity, but they did right. so much work on it through through the nineties and eights. Yeah, you know, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely it is. And you know, our film's going to be playing in Birmingham and Broad Street and Star City. So you know, it's a it's a you know such a buzzy place. Absolutely, yeah. we went up there. You know, and obviously I've been to Broad Street quite a bit, the cinema, when I was rehearsing the play and working there and stuff. So, you know, when I had a little, little bit of time off, I'd go to the cinema, you know, five ways. Yeah. And that um, Star City, I haven't been, but I've been told, I've visited it now um, and that, but they, I've been told it is one of the busiest cinemas and that complex in the country. So, yeah, it's be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that that sounds uh, quite likely. I mean, it's it's a huge complex these days. So uh, so yeah, yeah it's, massive. There's and there's there's quite a large sort of Asian population around there as well. Which uh, yeah, they they tend to play all the Bollywood movies and stuff. Oh around there. right, okay, yeah, yeah. Because obviously, I think what's happened in the way they're targeting the film, the cinemas, um, you know, that our movies going into, that they've targeted areas where they do feel there's a big um, pull and traction of you know diverse audience. So yeah. that's possibly why they've picked Broad Street and Star City and and these kind of places yeah so. that that would make sense i mean uh, you know particularly i know um i know certainly uh, star city plays quite a lot of bollywood stuff oh do they so, right okay so, so they that, got that would make sense asian catchment area okay. yes yeah, yeah oh yeah, great so. well that's good to know <laughs> <laughs> so um so yes it's it's lovely to talk to you today um you're very welcome thanks for having me <laughs> no it's it's quite all right um so you're you're on to talk about uh, Amar Akbar and Tony, which is the new movie you're That's in. That's right. Yes. Uh, do you want to tell me a little bit about the film? Yeah, the film. Well, basically, it's a film about three friends that have grown up together. Um, it's set, set in West London, in the borough of Hounslow. Um, quite a diverse, multicultural area of uh, of London, but it's quite reflective of the UK. You know, yeah. in any major city like Birmingham, Leicester, Nottingham, Manchester, you name it. You know, it, it, it's reflective of any major city where people from different cultures, backgrounds, 
live side by side. Yeah. So it follows the story of these three boys, Amar, Akbar, and Tony, who have grown up together. And this follows their kind of trials and tribulations in life, you know, kind of things that modern young people would face um, kind of growing up, kind of follows the film spans about a 10 year period of their life, really, um, you know, going from kind of young adulthood into mature adulthood, really. Right. Um, and you know, choices of who to marry, career path, journeys, that kind of thing, where everything can be so different right now. And, and um you know, for for people like careers come to people late. People tend to be getting married a lot later as well. Yeah. I think the movie reflects all of that in, yeah. in in it, and it's a really fun comedy piece as well. You know, with with, with some really good drama in it. Yeah, and you play uh, Amar. Do you I do. Yes. Tell me a bit, bit about he, that character. Amar, I am I, the interesting thing I found about Amar David when I got the script is that he's a turban Sikh. Uh, man and right, we, okay. And we kind of did, did some research. I looked into this, and there isn't a film in Western mainstream anywhere. I mean, let alone independent cinema, um, anywhere that has a turban Sikh man as the main protagonist. Right. And so that was quite an important thing for me. I felt um, with the constraints of like low budget and stuff as well. You know, we're an independent. It's a British independent movie. We don't yeah. have Hollywood budgets of Fast yeah. and Furious Seven and whatnot. <laughs> you know, um, so having the continuity with the beard and having the turban tied and all the rest of it. I remember at one point the director said, "Oh, I know I did this, but have I made a rod for my back?" And I said to him, <laughs> "No." I said to him, "Let's do it." You know, it's something that's fresh. It's different. It's never seen before. Um, yeah. You know, the Sikh guy always kind of tends to miss out. And I thought that was a really important portrayal. So I, I was quite insistent that, you know, we, we did that. And, and, he, and the director had written it that way. It's just, you know, when you get roped into the whole filmmaking process and trying to, like, juggle budgets and everything else, that you kind of think, oh, you know, have I, have, have I made a mistake here? Which is <laughs> easier to, like, have him as a cut Sikh, you know, where they mean they've cut the hair and they don't have to have the beard and everything. Yeah, sure. And I thought, no, let's, let's you know, we had that discussion. We both felt that it was really important that, you know, we keep that and you know and as the movie went on you know looking into it finding that there aren't very many western films that have a Sikh guy you know a turban yeah. Sikh guy as a protagonist not yeah. at all no that, that, that's uh, yeah I'm trying to think of, of another one and absolutely none come to mind none come to mind exactly <laughs> we've been the same I mean there, there might be one that you know someone picks out you know one of your um yeah. readers or something you know they will say oh and we know you know there's one but there's nothing that i can come that comes to my mind especially recently anyway in yeah the, the time i've been going to the cinema couldn't think of anything that was like oh okay um there, there's a, de- a definite character that was you know from from the Sikh background yeah sure um so was it shot and filmed around around london it was it is yes it's entirely shot in london um uh, around West London specifically, so Southall, Ealing, Acton, Chiswick, all that kind of West London area. Okay, cool. Um, just moving off from the film a bit, what what actually got you into acting in the first place? Have you seen the film Son of Rambo? Um, I, yes, I'm yes. aware of that movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That film, what well, that film is actually my life in a, it, it reflected back to me. Basically, instead of Rambo, me and my friend were in love with it, the Indiana Jones trilogy. We nice. loved it. And so we're about 12, going on 12, something like that, years old, and got his dad's video camera and made our own version of Indiana Jones. <laughs> 
so we went to Hainal Forest and shot scenes in the forest, used his dad's garage. We know his dad's garage had a pit, you know, to, to work on your car. We used that as a tomb. Awesome. We, you know, we went and bought props, like spider web, cobwebs, made our own paper mache rocks. You know, we'd spend our entire, like, summer holidays doing this and then roping in our friends, cousin, anyone to be in the film. You know, sometimes if there wasn't any people around, we'd have to put the, the, the camera on tripod, roll it and then act in front of the in front of the, the thing as well. And yeah, that, so that film, I love that movie because it's so reflective of exactly how I got into, in, in, into it. You know, yeah. it was our, it was our passion and dream for telling stories. And, you know, Steven Spielberg at the time was the man, yeah. you know, who, who'd relate to my generation of kid, you know, um, telling these stories and we just absolutely lapped it up and loved it and, 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 and made our own version of Indiana <laughs> Jones. So what was your first professional acting gig? Um, I got very lucky. Um, I did a uh, movie called Brothers in Trouble. It's a BBC film about immigrants arriving in this country in the 60s. Okay. And um brilliant director called Odayan Prasad, who has done loads of great stuff since then. And it had Om Puri in it as well as Angelina Ball, you know, from the um, Irish movie The Commitments. And um, these great yeah. actors. And, you know, and I was I was playing one of the guys that had come over um, as, as an illegal immigrant, you know, trying to make his way in the... In, in set up in the north, you know, north, you know, in the in the mills and all that kind of thing. Right, yeah. Lovely, beautiful um, BBC movie about uh, about immigrants, uh, originally based on a um, Urdu writer's novel called uh, Journey Home or Return Journey, something like that. It was. Right. And um, Rob Buckler, the producer from Renegade Films, had had obviously uh, got the script, and then I think they'd been, you know, because it's so difficult getting films made in the UK, and yeah. they've been touting the script for a while trying to raise the money and eventually the BBC came in and I think they got money from um, Italy and Germany and all the rest of it, like most co-pros are, yeah. co-productions so managed to get the money together and then, and you know, the real kind of movie that the director felt was important to make and I was so lucky to be part of that and um, yeah, great, it was, it was an amazing experience to be, you know with, basically it's the story follows about a group of 18 guys living in this one house you know, sharing, like kind of doing bed shares you know because they're going off to the factory to work so one would wake right. up and go to go and do his shift and the other one would take over the bed and <laughs> so really intricate you know kind of like storytelling about these different men and their lives and how they came to be here yeah 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 oh, that's and that was the first thing you did yeah that was my first professional mm. kind of engagement in, uh, in, and um, I was really lucky to kind of be brought in to kind of do that and um, yeah I had an amazing time I loved that director and, and it was my first film that I did with Ormpur as well and I've gone on to do five others with him wow an amazing amazing actor that he is I kind of told him I said I'm going to follow you around now you know wherever, wherever you are you know, so, so next you, movie do I'll be there <laughs> so you, you've done sort of TV film and, and theatre so you started off doing doing kind of TV and film and yeah. then and then you've you've gone and moved into into doing theatre as well afterwards yeah which is that's right well, because you, after that movie then I, I went to drama school and, oh and I see theater. okay yeah yeah I went to drama school and, and things and I kind of went, okay, let's do traditional route about going to drama. So I went to, off to drama school, and there, obviously, the drama training in the UK tends to be more theatre-based, and, I, and yeah. I really liked theatre. I hadn't actually ever been to the theatre before I went to drama school. Right. Um, we weren't a family that was, you know, we had that traditional going to yeah. the theatre. Movies, yes, yeah. uh, um, but not, not, not the theatre. And 
um, so going to um, and working in theatre has been an amazing experience because the discipline it teaches you of um, a rehearsal period and then actually doing the performances and, and all the rest of it and the training that you get generally in uh, UK drama schools tend to be more theatre focused. Yeah. Um, I think that is shifting now because they they see that you know a lot of bread and butter is actually earned in television and, and recorded media. Yeah. Um, but the time, I think there's still, um, you know, theatre is still regarded very highly in the UK as, as a, a important art form. Yeah. And so the training tends to be at drama school about theatre acting. And I think actually, if you can really master that and, and get to grips with um, the stagecraft and how to work it and then with a script and, you know, having to do the whole play night after night, keeping it fresh, keeping it um, nuanced and, and, and everything, then I think it really, it certainly helped me as an actor. Um, uh, learning that kind of craft and the stage and then taking that across to screen where you have to kind of, you know, take that kind of stage acting and then kind of minutiae it, you know, yeah. down to the, the camera can pick it up, you know, because yeah. on stage you're doing it for an audience that might be sat in row F and Z and got, you know, wherever else. Whereas um, on camera, the camera's right there in front of you and it picks up the slightest eye flicker. Yeah. So you have to kind of nuance your acting to kind of like, you know, shift it in, in that balance. Um, so, you know, so it, it's right for each medium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes that makes sense. You you are uh, you are kind of quietening down the performance, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. Exactly. And, and 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 certain things are certainly different. I learned through working with great directors that you know there's a reason that a, a, a theatre or um, people that go to watch theatre are called an audience. There's a the, the, and the reason called audience because it's very relying relying on your voice and hearing the play, hearing the text and the language, whereas um, cinema audiences. Um, I remember like, doing my A-level film studies and talking about the spectator, um, yeah. and that's very much about watching and observing the camera. So some sometimes film is very much more about, um, you know, what you don't say, you know, yeah. what, what's behind the eyes, what's going on in this scene, what what's not said. And um, for a theatre audience, they won't wouldn't be able to see that. So necessarily, they need to hear it um, through through the voice and and what the actors say. Yeah. And so yeah. that they, you know, if, if you kind of take those kind of two art forms and can see, um, yes, it's still acting. We're still learning lines and delivering it and trying to be truthful. But the emphasis of the medium is slightly different. Yeah. And 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 and, and you know, I suppose that's what training and actually working with great people, you really start to learn these skills. You know, I was watching you know people like Ompuri and other amazing actors I've worked, had been so fortunate to work with in, during my career and just yeah. watching them kind of think oh they don't really do much what is that <laughs> how are they not doing much and then actually when you see it back on camera you see this doing so much it's just it's just that it's the focus yeah. of it is that lens picks up every every little thing that they do yeah yeah um what would you say is the best piece of advice somebody's given you the best piece of advice is don't let go of your dream it is a tough profession. Um, I know people uh, can sometimes get a perception of being an actor being quite glamorous and, you know, um, certain parts of it is amazing. We had our premiere last night for Amar and Tony in, in central London and yeah. it was great, you know, a lot of fun, a lot of celebs turning up and people telling you, oh, that we really love the film, it's great and amazing. So there's, and everyone dressed up nicely and doing red carpet and having photographs taken and, and all that kind of thing. And that's a tiny part of, <laughs> 
of of the actual um, uh, job. You know, a lot of the job is waking up early yeah. hours, like 5 a.m., even earlier, being in the makeup chair, getting ready to do your scene. Yeah. Um, a lot of hanging around on film as well, you know, because they have to set the lights and get that all right. And, you know, a, you know, a, a film can be, you know, lots of people that you're you know, a part of the crew that are wandering around doing their thing. And it's a real collaborative process, a great process. You know, it's, it's, it's lovely yeah. to be part of. You really do, you know, if you're doing the whole movie, you know, you really get to feel like, you know, these people are your family. Yeah, what what, what 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 people people forget is is the the eighteen hours after you've been up since five a.m. when you're stood in like a muddy field and it's checking it down with rain. Absolutely, <laughs> and I always tend to see the actor like they put in a t-shirt or a shirt, and everyone else is in like really like you know warm clothing. Like the crew, obviously, all warm clothing, you know, outdoor clothing, like down jackets and waterproof and all this kind of stuff. And I'm the actor stood in the field, in the muddy field, wet through, and like in a t-shirt or like you know a shirt. I was like, how come I'm always wandering around getting cold and, and that but that's part and parcel of the job um, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, what would you say is the most interesting experience you've had whilst you've been acting wow I've been so lucky key you know david to do lots of different things um different types of movie bbc film um, i'm up and tony which is a you know a british independent cinema film yeah you know i've done a merchant ivory movie you know where we were taken oh. to you know trinidad to you know do this movie um uh set in the 50s and so it's been so diverse it's so hard to pick something that would be my favorite um i think it's always the last project that you've kind of been doing i suppose because you kind of had the fondest <laughs> memories of that because it's is it's most freshest in your mind and then I genuinely had a really great great time doing Amarapa and Tony um, had a great cast we've got such great actors in it but particularly the three boys um, yeah. myself Martin Delaney who plays Tony and Sam Vincenti who played um, Akbar um, immediately when we were auditioning for the movie and um, we were starting to get close to them making a decision on the three through who the three would be and they brought us in for what they call a chemistry read which yeah. is like to see um, you know how these three guys are going to look like and act on camera and, and you know see whether there is actually genuine chemistry between them because it's quite important for the movie to have um, these three guys really believable that they have um, spent their lives together that they're childhood friends yeah and I had done a movie with Sam Vincenti before um, so I knew of him but we hadn't had any scenes together I right. hadn't we hadn't we, you know we were never on set together um, so um, but I, I knew of Sam and yeah. Martin I hadn't met before I knew I knew of his work you know he'd done some really good work on Zero Dark Thirty and Flags of a Father and, and this kind of stuff and he was in a, a, a football show a kids football called Renford Rejects right. uh, which was very popular at the time Yeah, and so um, I, I knew of him and his work but I hadn't met him or, or worked with him before and just putting us in the room together immediately when we started um, doing you know reading a few scenes I felt a spark and I felt a vibe and I really could see it I could see it in their eyes too and I, I, was, I was just hoping that um, the director and casting director would, would would feel that too and kind of take that on board and um gen we genuinely became really close um on on set um as friends and um you know they're like my brothers now those those two very <laughs> yeah, much I mean, so it, it's got to be um quite difficult just sort of finding people when when you are um having to play characters which are supposed to have that relationship trying finding 
um, three people that, that yeah. could, can work together so well. Yeah, and that's down to the casting and, you know, and, and Atul and Shakira Dowling that did the casting uh, for the film Atul Malhotra, our director, writer, director, producer. I mean, he's, he's got <laughs> everything, you know, Mr. Mr. Boss Man. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's down to their and their choices. And, you know, they picked us and they picked the cast. Not only did they get, I, I, I thought, you know, getting three boys together, which was very important, obviously, for our audiences to be able to kind of believe that these guys have grown up together and, you know, kind of have lived in each other's pockets. Um, but the rest of the cast, we've got amazing actors in it who are so perfect and so right for the roles. I mean, seeing the film yesterday with an audience for the you know first time sharing it with our UK audience, um, people that people are all commenting about how great the you know the girls are in our film. Yeah. Only, they're beautiful and talented and amazing. We've got Karen David and Rita Acharya, Laura Aikman, Goldie Note, um, Mira Sile has done a turn I was going to say, you, Nina you've, got, Wadia, you've got a couple of the goodness, goodness gracious um, Yeah, me, absolutely. Uh, girls they there. all came in so generously to give their time on a small, you know, British independent film. Yeah. And they were so gracious to, 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 to do that. And not only were they great, they're absolutely brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone um, yesterday was saying how great uh, the, the actresses were, how gorgeous are, they are, but also how amazing they are in their respective roles. They really, everyone kind of really pitched in. And, you know, I'll be honest, you know, no one's there for the paycheck, you know, and it's not, it's not, you know, you get paid <laughs> yeah. loads of money to do these, you know, the, the, these movies, yeah. these kind of movies. You know, you're there because you're passionate about the script and you want to work with that director and, and you feel it's a good project. And yeah. I think everyone brought that spirit of um of, of of what the film had to offer to to the table when they were working and so um everyone every actor in it um total commitment and you know no lesser commitment you know even though it's a, a, a independent um a british film yeah um you know no less commitment to actually you know giving it it took giving their all and yeah. you know that so translates to the screen when you when you watch the film people are so sort of like wow those characters are great really nice character and you know and, and people are and i know they've worked hard but the performances are definitely there yeah yeah, yeah. so um you you've just done the uh, premiere for it when's it on general release on april 17th so april, next april friday 17th. yes okay and and do you know what you're doing next what I'm doing next, I've got another film uh, coming out. I've got a film, I haven't seen it yet. We've got the cast and crew screening um, in May at some point. It's called Monsoon Tide, and it's about the tsunami that took place in 2004. There was a tsunami that yeah. hit South Asia. Yes. And it, did, and it, and it you know, affected Malaysia and that area uh, um, heavily, but also it went round and, and it affected South India as well. Right. And um, so the story set in Kerala, and beautiful part of the world, so lucky to, to, to visit there. Um, to do this job and it, and it hit there as well and um, how it affected it. it follows the story of a young girl um, woman trying to find out what happened to her mum Ah. And I play a, a, an Indian character in that, actually, a, a police inspector who kind of is helping her, or maybe not helping her, <laughs> uh, to, to, to kind of find out what happened to her mum. Okay, cool. Uh, do you, and you've got the Craftsman crew screening. Do you know when that's actually out? Sometime in May, so obviously okay. um, that'll happen and that. I think they've got just got, uh, they've signed a, a sales agent to kind of get the movie out. Right, okay. It's an American sales agent. You know, these, these things take time. You know, yeah. the thing is with, with British films, Films. I mean, it's, again, it's a British movie. Um, it's like we just don't have the budgets that you know big American Hollywood studio finance movies no. do. You know, even though you know we make films like The Theory of Everything.
bullying and you know the imitation game. But the thing is, they're studio backed. Yes, you know yeah. they are. The money does. It been, you know at, the, at source come from big um, you know Hollywood kind of like studios. Um, working title is you know a massive name in British film. Yeah, but a lot of the money actually comes from the states. Yes, and, you know it's part of the Hollywood machine. Yeah, and and so. Um, we're very lucky to have work in Thailand and do amazing, amazing work. But the real kind of British independent cinema scene is, you know, it's frugal. There's not a lot of money available, and um, uh, you know, hats off to uh, filmmakers in in the UK to, to to make a project and get it off the ground. Um, yeah. It, Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it is a labor of love. It really is. Those, those those filmmakers are so passionate. They totally believe in this script. I mean, you know, we were talking about with Dan Prasad earlier on and Rob Buckler trying to get um, Brothers in Trouble off the ground. I think those guys said they ran around with that script for about 12 years. Well, trying to get it off the ground, obviously doing other things. But, you know, their passion to get that movie made took that long. I know I. Atul Malhotra, our director and writer for our film, you know, it took him two years after writing the script to raise the money to get to the point where he had he felt he had enough, and then yeah. there, there never is enough. That's no. the problem. There no. never is enough. It's just to get to the point to start the movie to kind of get it going. Otherwise, you feel like you know when when will I ever get going on this movie? Yeah. And um, I, for him to do that to get it going, I mean, it takes time. It's, yeah. it's a tough and it's a labor of love. So you've got to love your project. Yeah. Um, to to want to spend that much time. Dedicating yourself to to making it. Yeah, I remember interviewing. Uh, there's a, a director called Martin Gooch, um, who was a BBC director. Yes, and, I know. Uh, I've heard uh, of Martin. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, lovely, lovely guy. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I, I talking to him, and and the whole thing about you know he makes very, very, very low budget films sometimes. Sure. Um, but um, you know, wonderful kind of pictures. Sure. Uh, but but you know, he talked talked quite a lot about the fact that you know um, it, it, it's almost a case of well, you know, looking at at the bank account going well there's about 300 quid in there so, yeah, so, so absolutely. I can, no, I can so totally to relate to that so totally relate to that absolutely I mean that is that is British independent cinema yeah. um, you know any filmmaker you speak to will, will, will give you that particular scenario where you're kind of kind of playing poker with the amount of money you have and you're trying to get things for free and favours and getting to work with big you know big actors and hoping that they will you know reduce their fees to come work for you or you know do it on a deferred payment and all yeah. that kind of thing these are the kind of things that you know um uh, independent producers are, are having to try and do because we just don't have that same industry here no like like, like america does and i mean america does have a, a very vibrant independence in my scene as well i'm sure they face the same challenges yeah but so much of the content that we receive here in our in our multiplexes is the big big hollywood um, yeah, very you know, much so. Yeah, Hollywood um, kind of fair, really, and, yeah. uh, and they do that very well. I mean, you have to give the US um, definitely credit. They, you know, they export their movies very, very well, and you know, they they make a lot of money all over the globe. Yeah, yeah, no, very true. Um, one final question for you, because sure. uh, we um, we deal with quite a lot of TV shows and, and things on, sure. on the site, so we always, I, I like to ask, are there, uh, is there a show out there at the moment that you either love or would love to be on? Oh gosh, there's so much stuff happening at the moment, there's so much interesting things going on, um, yeah. you know, um, I, 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 
personally, I had never really got into something like Downton Abbey or anything like that. And I know they are hugely successful shows, Mr. Selfridge and those yeah. kind of things. Period drama is so amazing. But I have a few friends in Indian Summers that's playing on Channel 4 right. at the moment. Yeah. And I really would love to go out to Malaysia to shoot that. That would be absolutely <laughs> amazing. Uh, um, uh, uh, that would be just fab to kind of do something like that. And to be part of something that is kind of um, what I would say kind of mainstream. Yes. Um, the reason the channels are making these shows is again our American cousins you know um, they buy these shows for a lot of money and they are so successful over there I mean you look at the figures that shows like Downton Abbey and Mr. Selfridge are, are making not only in the US but also globally yeah. it seems to be something that Britain does very very well that period drama kind of costume drama um <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it would be amazing to be part of a, you know, uh, well-paid, well-received um, um, mega audience kind yeah. of show. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I know I'm, I'm saying that because a lot of my friends, you know, are, are, in, <laughs> are in Indian summers at the moment. And, it, yeah, I mean, it's been received so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the, the, the quality of some of the TV stuff is... is uh, He's so good yeah. these days. I mean, oh, absolutely. You know, from... Then other shows like Luther. I mean, I love Idris Elba. I mean, how amazing and what an amazing career he's had and, and how yeah. much he's doing. Not only is he doing um, great work in the States, but, you know, he comes back to the UK and then he makes shows like Luther. Yeah. He's just yeah. brilliant. You know? I'm, I'm, I'm impressed they managed to grab him for two, for two more episodes, to be honest. I'm oh, absolutely. Them. You know, and you know how busy he is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, he's he's having a big year this year. There's, there yeah. are rumours he's going to be the baddie in, uh, in yeah. uh, Star Trek as well. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. I think mean, he's a busy, busy man. You know? so, um, yeah, Sherlock, we, know, we make some really good TV here. I mean, you know, Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch and uh, Martin Freeman in that I just think they're brilliant how they've revived that um, genre you know the Sherlock genre I mean I loved Sherlock Holmes when I was a kid anyway I think I, I read everything I just loved Conan Doyle yeah and um, and, and uh, you know for me Jeremy Brett was fantastic that show they used to do yes um, on, I remember that show. I remember watching it on Sundays I'm supposed to be doing my homework for school <laughs> and, you know and I'm like you know one eye watching telly yeah. watching Jeremy Brett be Sherlock Holmes and yet I thought oh are they ever going to top that again I don't think so and then you know <laughs> Sherlock comes, comes along, comes with, along with those yeah. guys and yeah. they are fantastic Fantastic. I love it. I love its modern setting. Yes. Also, it's still got the spirit of, of um, you know, it's Arthur Conan Doyle's yeah. original. Amazing. Well, it's, it's going to be interesting. The, the the Christmas episode is supposed to be a, a period set version. Yeah, so, so that's going to be interesting to see how that compares. Oh, I can't wait to see that. I love, you know, I love that show. Um, so, yeah, and as I'm talking to you, there's loads of stuff, actually, that, that's, you know, that's really great on, on, on our screens at the yeah. moment. Yeah, I mean, you've got, I mean, there's, there's, there's obviously... Game of Thrones coming back this week Game as well. Game of Thrones, so. absolutely. So, well, and Rita Charia, who plays uh, Riche in our film, is you know has been on that show, and she was telling me how amazing, how amazing it is, and what a huge, but also what a huge, huge machine it is. Oh, you know, yeah, you've got I... all these units across the world shooting Croatia, yeah. Ireland. Um, all over the place I think it's somewhere in Scandinavia where they, where they do the whole you know the ice world and all the yeah. rest of it I, it's amazing those I, show like that going on there's a, a, a day in the in the life of Game of Thrones documentary like a little hour thing that they put out on Sky Atlantic um, about a month ago and, and you're just watching that it's just ridiculous they've got like two units shooting at the same time they're flying people backwards and forwards they've got stuff in Ireland yeah. stuff in Croatia they're moving stuff 
stuff that oh, it's oh, just absolutely. insane. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. I mean, but that's the kind of thing um, you know, we're talking about. You know, Hollywood yeah. when America go to Hollywood do budgets, yeah. really Hollywood budgets, absolutely. Because TV, there's been a bit huge shift, isn't there? Yeah. Of TV actually being, you know, considered much more profitable now, yeah. and and companies spending money on television well, I, I think that it's they that. would never dream of spending. Uh, you know, they would only spend that money on on, on the movies, but now yeah. actually they're realizing that there's a huge global market for every show yeah and I think I think uh, you're finding that a lot of um, you're getting a lot of the people who were considered movie actors coming back and you're getting directors coming back because yeah, I think absolutely. they, they prefer television. Absolutely. Yeah, you, they, they like that kind of long form yeah. uh, drama that I you can't get out of a movie uh, people are telling me how great Kevin Spacey is in uh, House of Cards yeah that, that um, is absolutely yeah, superb absolutely. I mean, a huge movie star like Kevin Spacey doing, you know, doing yeah. TV and that just goes to show the power of of television now, yeah, uh, and, yeah. A, and a show that's only networked on, you know, um, I think in this U, the UK you can only get it on Netflix or something. Well, you, you, yeah, it is a Netflix show. You can only get it globally yeah. on Netflix, and oh, it's right. still well, enormous. Go, you, know, that, yeah. that, you know, we've got video on demand now, actually yeah. producing and making their own stuff. I yeah. know that there's a um, uh, Wachowskis. You know, the Wachowskis have yes, got a series uh, coming, Sense8, Sense8 yes. you know, coming out, which is I think as a network uh, exclusive only on a video uh, on demand channel. Yeah, it's uh, it's Netflix. Netflix exclusive that one. Netflix are turning into quite a phenomenal channel. They have they have the the advantage that um, uh, networks like HBO have yes. uh, in that the, they're not the, the, there's no advertising, yes, so absolutely. you're not beholden and, and you know to what? anybody. I love that. I love yeah. being able to watch a show and just get totally immersed in it. For me, I mean, I understand why TV companies have adverts, and you know they need to pay for this, yeah. so you know they need to do that. But I, you know, my own experience of, of watching a show, um, you know, and being pulled out of it by having to watch an advert is, is you know, a different experience of being totally immersed for the whole episode. Yeah. And um, I think it kind of makes it easier to kind of accept the break, like the next show. Oh, I'm going to have to wait a week to watch the next episode. Yeah. Um, if you have adverts, but I think that the, what the, the amazing thing about HBO and Netflix and that is, if you're watching it on those. You can't wait to watch the next episode because you've been immersed in it for like 45 minutes, completely absorbed yeah. by what's been going on in the screen. And you're like, I want to watch the next one. When yeah. you know, you know. Well, I mean, of course, with, with Netflix, if they're making their own shows, they dump them all in one go. Absolutely. Um, and then you, you know. can. And that's yeah, the amazing thing. Yeah. And I've had friends who have said, oh, I did a, you know, the Wire Marathon or the House of Cards <laughs> Marathon or whatever yeah. show marathon. And, you know, yeah. that is becoming viewing and how our viewing habits have changed. Well, yes. And it's really interesting how, um, you know, channels like Netflix and um, Amazon Prime and, and all these others that are out there have really changed our viewing habits that we can actually you know mega mass consume a show yeah that uh, traditionally would have you know you would have spent 24 weeks watching well yeah I mean you know and it's it's interesting to see even big companies like Marvel getting into it uh, yeah, Marvel Disney getting into it yeah, I mean, this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Daredevil, which is released today, actually, which is probably what I'm going to spend the rest of the evening doing when we start talking. Great, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Phenomenal, isn't it? Again, and that's that sort of, you know, dumped all in one go. Um, And has the advantage of, although it's based on a comic book, you can make it a lot darker because you're not having to uh, deal with normal regulations, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Oh no, they've changed the face of of uh, programming and what scriptwriters and filmmakers and directors can make. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, very, very much so. Very really true. Can change that around. It's amazing. Yeah. No, it is. It's. Uh, I should probably let you go because uh, we've been on half an hour. So. Um, oh no problem. <laughs> I've had a really good chat with you. Thanks, David. It's been, no, it's been great. No problem. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to to the movie coming out. Um, so good luck with that. Um, Fantastic. Thank and, you. And uh, I I will um, maybe chat to you again in the future when your your next film comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Great. No, All right. it's been really lovely. Thank you um, so much for having me on. Thanks for coming on. I'll uh, talk to you soon. Cheers. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. So that was Res Kempton, who plays Amar in the film. Uh, next up, we've got Martin Delaney, who plays Tony. Hi, Martin. How are you doing? Very good. How's everything? Uh, not not too bad. I, I'm suffering a bit with a cold, so if I if I, um, I break into oh, a coughing no. fit halfway through this, I apologise. I'll, I'll do a little dance number, a little <laughs> song and dance number while you're doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yes, uh, you're okay. You're, yeah. Um, not too bad, you know. Good, good, good. And you're on to sort of talk about your, your acting and, and your, yeah. your latest uh, film as well, which is... Yeah, uh, sure. Mr. Akbar and, and Tony. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Do you uh, uh, do you want to tell me a little bit about the film? <clears throat> yeah. So, Mr. Akbar and Tony is um, is a, a movie sort of set in West London in Hounslow. Yeah. And it's a sort of multicultural coming of age story about three best friends, um, sort of looking to settle down. Really, it's it's that kind of it's that kind of coming of age story, but with slightly older characters are sort of the idea of like a journey to true adulthood so you know you, if you if you look at coming of age movies like American Pie for instance it's all about those sort of teenage years and yeah. sort of first discovering sex and and, and Amarak Brantoni is really about three young lads sort of in their sort of early 20s looking to sort of find find the one and, and sort of settle down so it's it's um it's got a lot of you know obviously themes which are quite universal in terms of love and friendship and and sort of family and culture. So it's, um, yeah, it's a sort of British Asian, uh, comedy drama, really. It sort of follows the, the sort of footsteps of British Asian comedy, such as East is East and Bend It Like Beckham. But yeah. it's, but it's very much, uh, a movie for the sort of modern age in that it's really a celebration of, of that culture and that world. Yeah. So I think those, those earlier movies sort of had, um, quite central characters trying to sort of leave their, roots behind somewhat yeah which is what it was sort of enabled it's those movies to sort of reach a wider audience but it's a it's a 
an homage to a Bollywood classic in the 70s, Amar Akbar Anthony. Right. Which was about three brothers yeah. um, growing up in different faiths, separated at birth. And this is about three best friends. One's a Sikh and one's a Muslim and one's a Catholic. Yeah. And um, and really the, the sort of challenges that they face are are very universal and really not anything to do with their culture. Yeah. Um, which is really a sort of true representation, I think, of multicultural Britain, really. You know, certainly the London that I grew up in. Yeah, yeah, yeah very much so. I mean, you know, we, we are such a, a multicultural country at this yeah. point. Um, and, you know, um, well, we always have been. I mean, people, Yeah. you know, we, we are we are a mongrel nation, most, most definitely. It, yeah. There's nobody's, nobody's, very few people are actually um, British. Well, Absolutely. Know? I mean, you, you know, you, it's, you know, it's, I guess everyone felt the same when it's when it's when it's their time of being alive. But if you look back through history, we've all got different yeah. different um, cultures and backgrounds mixed into exactly who we are. And obviously, there's people that can trace the idea, you know, their their lineage back to being in the UK for years. But actually, what does that matter? You know, at some yeah. point, we were all Normans or you know, yes. and, and Saxons, and and there's all the always outside influence. And it just it's actually what makes the world really interesting. And it's certainly what what progression's about, I think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I mean, we've been invaded by the French, we've been invaded by the exactly, yeah. Germans, we've been invaded exactly. by, by the Danish, you know, I mean, you can't really, uh, you know. Yeah, this. and it's all brought, you know, we are where we are right now and it's a good place. It's yeah. just that it's actually, you know, we've actually, it's, life's more interesting for the, the different cultures and and uh, and influence that we have, I think. Um, yeah, it was, it was a real pleasure to be part of it. It's, um, it's a good fun movie, you know, tonally. It's sort of, uh, Atul Malhotra, who's the director, wanted to essentially bring a flavour of Bollywood cinema that he grew up on. Yeah. Um, and put it and sit that in West London. So there's, yeah. you know, anyone who's familiar with Bollywood, there's quite a sort of mixture of genre in there. You know, there's always a sort of bit of action and a bit of drama and yeah. a bit of romance and a bit yeah. of singing and dancing too. And and what, what's quite interesting about Amarak Bantoni is it sort of borrows from that really, and that it's a mixture of um, uh, different styles of cinema, you know, and 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 sitting quite comfortably in in London. It's quite interesting. Yeah, cool. And uh, yeah, how did you get involved with it? Well, I sort of I I did a regular you know audition through my agent. It was a casting director called um, Shakira Dowling, uh, working with Christina Erdely at the time, and um, both the girls have been. Uh, very good to me in the past in that they've um you know they had a lot of faith in the work that i've done before i did a movie for them uh about a year before actually okay a sort of supernatural kind of horror movie you know that one of those kind of um sort of movies and uh yeah and yeah i mean I they've always been they've been quite supportive of my career and, and and my ability and it was a very different role in aat but it was um but a great fun role you know playing the part of tony he's the sort of sort of dope of the group really i guess he's sort of slightly <laughs> simple kind of uh, route one character he, he's got very simple goals in life and that's really to find the sort of asian girl of his dreams and yeah. um and you know he's not the sort of sharpest knife in the drawer he's not too he's not too uh, ambitious or uh career driven yeah um but he's grown up in southall and so he's very much influenced by that the culture that he's been around and yeah um I, f I found him quite endearing as a character and that, you know, the girls got me in for, into the meet and, um, I was very grateful. It was a really lovely role. It's a sort of first comedy lead I've played in film. 
and okay, cool. and uh, that was nice and so yeah it was it's it was good to sort of meet at all and and just do a regular audition you know and uh chemistry reads with the boys which actually when we did our sort of final read the three of us together it it just made complete sense you know and we were doing yeah. that audition you, it was it was lovely because it was like we'd been friends for a long time and we'd only just met and it was really interesting the way we played it and and i hope that comes across on screen you know i think a lot of a lot of the reviews have been kind in that sense and feel yeah. like the bond between us is really good yeah i spoke to rez a few yeah. weeks back um and uh, yeah. and he said uh, he said very similar things about sort of you know how, how the three of you seem to really gel well together yeah it was really lovely it was really you know so it's not it's not easy to sort of get that uh chemistry very naturally on screen you know yeah and um it's sometimes you, you sort of have to work to find it a little bit it's not it doesn't mean that it's you know any more uh draining or anything it's just that it, it was really refreshing to see it just instantly hit and actually that's where um at all the director but also christina and, and shakira deserve real credit because the fact they could get us in the room like that and find three guys that they knew would kind of yeah just fit you know it's it's incredible work you know and, and it w- was really a lot of fun yeah cool you you say this is this is the first time you've done uh comedy on um film you've you've done bits of comedy on uh yeah. tv as well yeah you, for sure you you wrote you wrote some of the episodes of the kevin bishop show as well i wrote some of, i wrote some additional material okay. um yeah for, for kevin bishop show um kevin's my cousin yeah um, I, was, I was gonna say yeah certain amount of nepotism maybe that yeah <laughs> well i think it was more that when he was making the show you know we grew up together you yeah. know kevin and i and and spent a lot of time together and actually one of my, my first professional job was um was with kev you know yeah. bizarrely by chance like in in a, in a musical in london oh cool and um and we've obviously been you know very close all our lives and when he was writing the show he just was saying to me you know one day he was like you know i just know that we have a similar sense of humor he said would you get in the room with us so yeah. we went along and, and tried to sort of spitball some ideas and come up with some original stuff and um and it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. You know, he's actually out doing a job at the moment. Um, he's off doing uh, some work at the moment, and we just we just were chatting this morning. But um, cool. yeah, no, he's he's a he's a good guy and and, and very very talented, very very talented guy. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've obviously over the years I've done a bit a few bits of comedy and TV, uh, him and her, and and uh, and two, uh, two pints of lager yeah yeah with Catherine Drysdale and all the guys actually they're a lovely bunch of guys all of them actually I really got on well with them all and very you know still good pals you know with the guys I still see Catherine and Sheridan and cool. and, uh, and Will and Ralph and, and Natalie they're all really 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 good bunch of people it's yeah. a real pleasure and Susan Nixon who's the writer of Two Pints she and I are re- really good friends today she's a, a lovely lady Cool. You've you've been through you've been through the uh, the traditional um, acting school of of, uh, of of you've you've got uh, you've got a casualty. Of violence. <laughs> well, you've got you've got a London's burning on there. You've got a casu- you've got casualty on there. Um, yeah. I didn't spit any extenders, but you've got the bills. So, I've got the bill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you it's know. just those things. Oh. London's London's burning. I mean, new audiences, young audience don't have a clue yeah. what that is anymore, do they? And they're like, yeah. I actually killed half the cast of London's burning. <laughs> Awesome. But yeah, they they must have hated me. I was just you know young upstart burning the warehouse down. Um, 
Well, I always say that it's. I, I, I kind of feel that, that if you do casualty the bill and like one of the soaps, you should get some sort of Blue Peter actor badge. You know, yeah, for, that's for it. it. That's just get your equity card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's that's the thing. It's like, you know, if you've got those, it's like, right, okay, he's done the British yeah. stuff now. So that's it. He's done all the sort of topical you know, bits. Now you're onto everything else now. The pop shows. No, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't do EastEnders, but actually. Um, I did a little bit on E20, which was a kind of sort of spin-off show for oh, them, yeah. like, you know, a little while back. With, yeah, um, I remember. Yeah. With Deborah Sate and, and Dominic Treadwell Collins, who's an old old pal of mine, actually on EastEnders at the moment, running the show there. He's a, a great chap, and um, we worked together on Family Affairs years ago, so I did that soap for a few years. Yeah. And, um, you know, soap's a really interesting sort of process because it's, you know, you, you, the actors there that are working on those shows are really crazy hard working you know it's it's, yeah. it's long, long old days and it's fast work yeah and um it was lovely doing that because it was a you know i discovered a sort of newfound respect for those people doing doing that kind of work and um and it was also a great experience for me and training ground you know i i, I had to that use of multi-camera doing three ca- three cameras all at once yeah. you know, and sort of learning how that works is, it was quite interesting before that I'd only ever done what they call single camera filming which is where they move the, just move the yeah. camera around all day you know yeah and it was a real sense of playing the scene it's a bit like being on stage actually but in, just in chunks and um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was good fun yeah good fun yeah, I mean, you've you've got a, a sort of uh, really interesting mix of stuff. You, I've basically uh, committed every cardinal sin in acting. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a kids' show, I was in a soap, and then yeah, now doing some sort of film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you you uh, you popped up in Zero Dark Thirty. As That's well. right. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the, which is that was a great movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, so you've got got some sort of larger things you've been on as well as, well oh, as sure, like, yeah. kids' shows, and you popped up in yeah. Robin hood for a bit and yeah that's right yeah there's there's some good bits been a, a lot of good things along the way and and nice quality dramas like the, the promise and the shadow line which were you know great yeah. great directors and 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 you know peter kosminski was a, was a wonderful wonderful chap and it was a real pleasure to work with him um and you know um it's just you know they're, they're, they're nice quality shows to be doing and zero dark 30 was it's been i've been fortunate to do a few more american bits and pieces in recent years and I, I, I'd actually done a movie with Clint Eastwood a little while back, which was oh. called Flags of Our Fathers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was a really minor role, really. I was just out in, in Iceland filming that. I'd, I'd just done a movie the year before, a Viking movie with, with Gerard Butler um, <laughs> and Stellan Skarsgård, and it was a great fun experience, but it was crazy, a crazy shoot. Yeah. And um, I just got to know some of the people out there that were working and casting and everything, and and when so when flags of our fathers was going over there to shoot these these scenes that you know they're saying would you would you come and meet and so yeah i just played a like, sort of small american role on on that movie with 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 eastwood and he was a lovely chap i had some scenes with ryan philippe and okay. and um and that sort of kick started some of that work and yeah zero dark 30 was a was a couple of years back obviously now and but both those movies it's a real honor to be involved in them because it's as small as the bits were, you know, like Zero Dark, I was in just a few scenes as well, and yeah. I played sort of Stephen Delane's assistant in it, and with Mark opposite Mark Strong, and yeah, which was great. But it was, um, but both those movies, American movies, were, you know, were Oscar nominated and, and Zero Dark winning one as well. So it was yeah. a real a real pleasure to be involved in that, and especially with Zero Dark Thirty, when the, it was obviously very talked about. But before the Oscars, you know, it was the critics critics uh, awards were coming. Uh, were, were going on and, and yeah. it was picking up a lot of those and including 
best ensemble it's a real honor to be part of something like that when you're winning yeah. best ensemble cast when yeah, absolutely you're up against like, like les mis you know you're <laughs> just thinking you yeah. know it's incredible um so yeah really really proud to be involved and yeah it's a, a real pleasure you've got um there's a historical uh piece i, I don't know if yeah. this is coming up whether you've shot it yet uh 1066 yeah it's um to be to be honest it's been a project we've been uh, talking about for a long time i've been attached to for a little while but it's i'm not sure how near near it is to going it's um okay it's really it's really interesting actually because uh, i mean the subject is something that's quite fascinating to me i'm, I'm a big history fan and and actually I, I was thinking you know a while back i was like wow there's never been a really good movie of that of that sort of era and no. that and that piece of history yeah and bizarrely it might be because we, you know we might feel like we can't make enough money back it can't, are, the, are the americans going to be interested for instance but but it's such a crucial part of english history yeah and you it's, kind of you would have thought that i mean 1066 is such a big thing that you kind yeah. of would have thought that that somebody even if they completely rehashed the history um, yeah. would, have, would have leapt on it you know well i think i think there's um there's a I, I mean, basically, from from what I'd read and stuff, and what they were thinking about doing with t this 1066, when I was you know, brought on and attached to it, there's a good bunch of people involved, and and one of the things that they were talking about was there's a sort of um, a, there's like a conspiracy theory of the time, which is you know I've actually got a history book about it, yeah, um, which goes into detail about how you know because there's this whole debate about whether Harold's the guy with the arrow in his eye, like yes, that to yeah. and there's like a you know there's some sort of fact about or some sort of stories about how that's apparently not him his, his brother was apparently shot in the eye and and yeah. he was he was actually cut down but but there was um there's a sort of conspiracy about the whole 1066 story that harold survived and right. and, and and got away and and lived his lot like final days as a monk because he couldn't go back into society he had to yeah. be kept away and yeah he was no longer the leader so um there's a there's a great book with the last saxon and i think I think that that version was based on that, you know, the, the idea that this, you know, that actually 1066 is a cru crucial part of our history, but it's actually about when we were invaded, as you mentioned, you know, it's yeah. when we were we were sort of taken over by the, you know, Norse, the the um, the Normans who were sort yeah. of the the Norsemen had come down to France and sort of occupied that land for a couple of hundred years, and so yeah, there was, you know, the, there was a talk about, you know, who's the baddie, you know, who's the goodie, yeah. and 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 how we, you know, how that gets played out. But it's yeah. a fascinating subject. Yeah, no, yeah, no. With I'm... any luck, with any luck, I'll be there. <laughs> but Shopping yeah, some yeah. head style. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> have you have you done any sword work or any of that sort of yeah, stuff? Yeah, I mean, in, in Beowulf and Grendel, it's sort of. I mean, I mean, I'm okay. Personally, I'm. I mean, I'm. I do fencing. I'm. A, mm -hmm. I'm actually really into sort of sword fighting, and so I've done a couple of those sort of swordy projects in Robin Hood. I had a yeah. My of my opening scene was a big sort of elaborate Errol Flynn style fight with Richard Armitage I think cool. I was the only only character in that series to ever beat Richard Armitage's guy at one in a sword fight and it was this like guy like a foot tall a foot, foot smaller than him you know it must yeah. have really looked like a scene from The Hobbit but, um, <laughs> yeah I played this kind of I played Prince of Ireland uh, in that one this, oh, okay. this young kind of sort of slightly cocky you know chap and who's you know, opening scene is him sort of hung over on the table, waking up with some lady, and then <laughs> basically beating Guy of Gisborne in a in a fight. So he kind of sets him up as this real, slightly heroic character, but he's but really a bit of a sneaky boy. Um, yeah. yeah, it was a good, lovely, lovely part, and uh, yeah, I love all that stuff. 
Yeah. Um, you're, you, are you sh- I don't know whether you're shooting this at the moment. Yeah. You got cast in uh, Now You See Me, the second act as well. That's right, yeah, yeah. Are, are I've, you, I've shot that now, yeah. Oh, okay. Do, yeah. Can you tell me anything about that? Because I quite enjoyed the first one of those. Yeah, I really enjoyed the first one. I'm a big, f- I'm, a, I'm in a massive fan of like magic and stuff anyway. I've always yeah. been obsessed with it and I was really young. And um, it's not something I'm, I really sort of practice or do anymore, but I really love, you know, going and watching, you know, different magic shows. And Darren Brown's always been a real particular favourite of mine because he sort of packages it in a way that's, you know, yeah. less about magic, but it's it's similar, you know, misdirection and everything. And, yeah. and I really love his live shows. I've been to a couple of his live shows. And for someone who's a fan of all that kind of stuff, it's really flawless. You know, it's really, really great to see him perform. He's, he's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've always been interested in that stuff. I really, I really enjoyed the first movie as well as thinking it was a great cast. You know, I really yeah. enjoyed Jesse Eisenberg's uh, work and um, yeah. Mark Ruffalo. I've always been a fan of and Woody Harrelson, of course, and uh, and Dave Franco as well, who's um, who was lovely on set. But yeah, I mean, it, it's I can't really tell you much about it. Okay. It's quite a small role, um, you know, that I'm doing again in it. Um, but I'm playing an American guy again, and there's a chap called Bo Walsh. Um, and that's about all I can give you. <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm, that's okay. I've signed it away. Was, was that was that um, filmed over here, or were you? Uh, we shot over here. Yeah. Okay. We shot, we, shot, we shot over the side, and there's a few American projects that are going on over this side there's, at the moment. Yeah, there's uh, all the Star Wars stuff going on over here. Yeah, as well, yeah, for sure. And yeah, it was a real, a real, a real pleasure to be involved. I mean, um, John M. Chu, who, who's directing the movie, is a really, really top guy, and. Yeah, uh, I had a real blast working with him. You know, he's a lovely chap. But, uh, so yeah, cool. Is, is there um, is there an actor you've um, not had the chance to work with that you really like to work with? Oh yeah, I mean, there's you know, there's uh, lots of you know, growing up, you kind of there's always people that you you admire the work of. It's, yeah, it's really interesting. Like yeah, I mean, like the other day I went to. I did. I went to Jim Dale's. Got. I don't know if you know this actor. You know, he's, he's, yeah. he's at the Vaudeville Theatre yes, doing his one-man show. Yeah, yeah. And I grew up watching Jim Dale on the Carry yes, On films. Me too. You know, that's that's where I, I. That's how I knew him. Yeah. But I remember. Um, it's twenty years ago. Actually, I was in Oliver. Um, oh right. Twenty years ago this year, and I, I Jim Dale was playing Fagin in that yes. when I was in it. Yeah. And uh, he was a really, really great guy. I mean, then I mean, he, you know, he had a lot of time for us youngsters, and uh, he was very helpful um, and just a good man. You know, I really, I remember, I remember it really well. He was a really good guy to us, and and it was always about the performance. He was very interested in helping us and making it work right. And uh, yeah. And it was the only, you know, one of those guys in in those sort of big roles like that, those older roles that really sort of spent the time with us, you know, and uh, yeah. and he really cared, and and um, you know, he used to show us photos of his family back home <laughs> in Canada, you know, he'd, he'd had a, he'd been living in Canada for a while, and so I I wrote to Jim the other day and I said, Jim, I'm coming to your press night, I'm, I'm coming along, and he called me up, he phoned me up, and he said, you know, he said, um you know, well done on everything, how it's all going. And it's a real, you know, can't wait to see you. And so I went along and had a really lovely time. I was there. It was really funny. I was there watching it with, in these two rows, we had Barbara Windsor with us <laughs> and, uh, and Bonnie Langford. And then in front, in front, it was like, um, it's, uh, Mark Gattis and, uh, Kenneth Branagh <laughs> and Derek Jacobi and, 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 uh, and Ronald Pickup. And, and it was like this incredible, like bunch of people, <laughs> like, you know, I, I grew up and, and Jim Dale 
um, we got chatting about a movie I just made with a, 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 a man called Paul Schofield, who was a real sort of classic Shakespearean actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, I'd just done a film with him when 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 I worked with Jim, and we got chatting. He said, "Oh, I know Paul. You know, we did a lot of Shakespeare at the National Theatre together." And um, and we got talking about him, and 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 it was actually working with Paul that got me into Shakespeare. I, I immediately went home and bought Henry V, <laughs> which is Branagh had directed, you know. And I yeah. I watched it, and I was like, and it introduced me to all these great actors, you know. And I, you know, I'd love to work with guys like Derek Jacobi, Kenneth Branagh, and and I remember I was a real, it was a real honour to have worked with Paul, but also guys like Danny Webb. Um, yeah. who's, a, who's a great British actor. He was in. He's probably best known for a, a role in Alien Three. He played the sort of prison, the prison guy, the, the crook, um, the only yeah. one who survives in the in the group. And um, but he's a wonderful actor. He's cropped up in movies like Valkyrie and, and and things like that. And he's he's just a very sort of modest, great great actor. And I and I feel like his career should be much bigger than it is really. But it was really yeah. watching guys like him and Ian Holm and. I've always had an interest in in those guys. I'd love to work with those chaps, Ian Holm, Danny Webb. I'd love to work with Kenneth. I'd love to work with Derek Jacobi. But yeah. um, but I guess for me, it's there's a few now. It's guys like Gary Oldman. I really like those guys that can really yeah you know the, disappear disappear yeah. into a role. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's That's there's a certain type of actor that I think that you're you're naming there. You know, there, there's there, yeah. there are guys that are are you know serious about what they they do and, yeah. and get into it and and yeah are, they they yeah. give it everything don't they i mean they really yeah. they give that everything and yet they can still make it look so effortless and yeah you know i, I watched tinker taylor soldier spy a little while back with you know with with gary oldman and he really is sort of channeling that alec guinness sort of era when the tv show was on it's it's yeah. not like watching gary oldman it's really not yeah not as we know him you know yeah. and um and I find, you know, I find that a lot of his work. I really admire that about him. And it'd be, a, I, I met him a couple of years back at one of the sort of Oscar parties when I was out there. And uh, and he's a very, as you can imagine, a very down to earth chap. And I'd, yeah. I'd love to work with him. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, guys like that, the sort of chameleonic uh, sort of style of acting, I, I really find interesting. And there's a lot of guys doing that today. You know, there's a lot of guys that are really sort of trying to push that. And I, I guess. Um, it's something that I aspire to, to doing myself. You know, I'd like to be versatile in my career and I'd like to sort of hopefully keep that up and, uh, and only, only in, you know, some bigger and better things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned, obviously you do film and TV and you mentioned doing sure. theatre. Do you yeah. have a particular preference for, for one over the other or, or it's, a mix of them or? Yeah. It's interesting really. I mean, the, the challenge that I have is that I never, um, I never trained. I never went, I, when I was, right. I had a place at drama school and years ago and I didn't take it because I was, you know, there's things going on with my family and I, I wanted to be out earning my own money and I was offered a, a, a show and I, I took it. Um, yeah. and, and, and so, um, I don't, you know, don't do, I wouldn't go up for a lot of Shakespeare or a lot of classic theater. Um, but at the same time, I, I love doing theater. I love being on stage and, and I've done a lot of new writing and, um, I just last, the end of well, the autumn last year did an American play that was at the Southwark Playhouse in London, which was uh, the UK premiere of a sort of Broadway hit called Next Four. Oh, cool. Um, which was a sort of play about um, uh, and it was sort of American American couple. It was a sort of faith versus sort of sexuality piece about uh, and and sort of quite. It's it's funny enough. It's already a period piece because you know Obama's changed the law on, on this. But it was basically <laughs> about you know um, 
same-sex relationship um, right. and, and how the the younger of the two lovers um is in a is in a sort of car accident in, in the piece and so the older chap doesn't have any rights to yeah. to see him you know because they're not married and, yeah. and 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 um and to make this situation more complex in the play that you know the younger character luke that i played has not come out to his family he's from a very evangelical christian family right and, and so it was a really 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 fascinating piece yeah. i found it quite um quite interesting and I, and I felt like it would be a real sort of stretch it's very different to the work that I've done before and and um but yeah I, I mean I love being on stage it's it's where I first um found my love of acting I mean I always was interested in in film I, as a young as a youngster I watched you know a lot of old black and white movies with my dad and and uh, and obviously a lot of you know real diverse range of films but it wasn't until I really uh got on stage quite reluctantly really in my school I remember my school sort of trying to push me to do a play and I was yeah. like oh I don't know and um, and I loved it I absolutely loved it I, I, I thought it was a really interesting experience and and so my first introduction to acting was always theatre it, it, it'd be musicals in the West End and yeah um, and then and then so every now and then I, I, I try and get back and do a really interesting play if I can yeah um, but I mean I, I've, I've always I have a real love of cinema I, I, I kind of aspire to sort of making my own uh, films as well i've just i just directed and produced a short film last year so yeah i was, I was going to ask you about that yeah um yeah do you want to tell me a bit about the the movie yeah it's, it's just a short film it's a yeah. movie called uh, queen's mile and it's yeah. um it's set along the south bank in london the queen's jubilee walk um and it's about i guess it's 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 quite a sort of you know, weighty kind of issue piece. It's um, it's a it's a central sort of female lead character. It's a young woman who's basically coping with a sort of anxiety or depression, a sort of form of depression, but in a in a quite a in her own sort of very unique way and 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 quite a romantic way, really. It's sort of it's quite a sweet sweet short film, and and um, it's about her. It's essentially about this girl who's sort of taking taking Polaroid pictures along this the South Bank for, for reasons that are sort of quite unique to her and um, and it's her sort of coping mechanism for uh, for sort of her troubles really yeah. um, and it's yeah it's, I mean I, I guess for me my, I wanted my first short to be a piece that was um, serving an audience that's that's I think is a little bit under sort of undersold and underserved and, yeah and also about an issue which I think people um don't know a huge amount about and and, yeah. and a, a lot of you know sort of dealing with any kind of mental health issue is really about they talk often about it's about coping you know you can't necessarily fix it or mend it and yes. um, but it's about coping mechanisms with that and um and so I, that's what sort of led me to sort of make this piece really yeah yeah um but yeah we're you know we're, we're trying to sort of get it out to our festival run this year and, and see how it does and it, but I'm, it's quite a sweet little movie we've got a wonderful actress called uh, Emerald O'Hanrahan, who's um does a lot of voice work. She's she's one of the regulars in the Archers. She does a lot of BBC uh, radio plays, and she's um, she's just I wouldn't say breaking into screen because she's done some great screen credits, but she's sort of a newer screen face. Yeah, um, and she's wonderful. I mean, she she just really captures it brilliantly well. And we've got a second female lead, who's a, a girl called Amrita Acharya, who's um, actually in Amarak Brentoni. Um, oh, okay. she's, she's an old friend of mine. We worked together years ago as well. And, um, and Amrita's sort of did a movie last year called I Am Yours, which was the Norwegian offering for the Oscars last year. Right. She played, played the lead in that. So she's a real sort of, sort of young powerhouse, really. She's a wonderful actress. And, um, 
Yeah, so she, she's the sort of second second lead in it. And uh, yeah, it's quite a sweet movie. She was in Game of Thrones as well. <laughs> she was, yeah, she was. She's great in Game of Thrones. Yes, yes. Fantastic. It's very difficult not to be great in Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah. Particularly if you saw this week's episode. Of I've, not been, I've not. I've not oh, seen it. No, no. I show, shan't spoil it for you, but it's definitely <laughs> worth watching. I will do, yeah. <clears throat> uh, yes, it's a great show. No, it's um, been a, a great bunch of my pals that have been through that show. You know, Joe Alton and and uh, Rory McCann, who plays, played the Hound and, and stuff. Oh, and Joe, yeah, yeah. Joe played Pip. And yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great performers, you know, and, and, and uh, do a really good job in the, in the show. So. Yeah. Yeah, um, th- that sort of brings me on to my last question, really, which is um, uh, we co- because we cover the, a lot of TV on the on the website. The one thing that we always ask people is, uh, what is your what is your favourite TV show, or is there a show that you would love to have the opportunity to be in? Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a really a really interesting one. I guess there's a lot. You know, for actors, there's a lot of shows I'd love to be in. I guess. Yeah. But I get. I, I think um, one of the shows that I've been watching recently that I think is fantastic is True Detective. Yes. I think True Detective is just absolutely marvellous. It's, it's just great, great writing, isn't it? I mean, I don't know yeah. if you're a big fan of it or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, it's, no. So the story it's, uh, I mean, not only the both those boys, you know, what they're doing really works, but, yeah. you know, it's... Um, I've always been a fan of Michelle Monaghan as well. Like, she's... I've always thought she was incredible. So, yeah. it was... Um, really really refreshing to see a show so sort of dark and and weighty but so intelligently written yeah. um and a good friend of mine icelandic actors in it as well olaf um Daria olafsson who's a great actor who's cropped up in a few big movies these days yeah. he's um he was in beowulf with me years ago and he's a fantastic actor and it was just a real i didn't even know he was in it it was a real <laughs> pleasure you know just turning on i was like oh Daria's in it like, you know, and he hadn't even told me um that was wonderful but I, I mean I, I went up for last year quite a bit um, 24 the yeah. one. I, I went up for a few episodes and I, I'd quite like to be in the spin-off you know the spin-off's about to you know it's just been announced yeah. and everything and, well they need somebody to replace Jack Bauer so. <laughs> yeah I might I might. they're looking at someone in their 20s I might just be just out of that mark <laughs> yeah. who knows um, <laughs> but um, yeah we, we, but I, it, it's um, it'll be interesting it sort of feels a bit strange not having Jack in there but I think they're going to bring Kiefer back for some of the yeah, bits, I, but it, I think you've you've got to um, bring him back yeah. for a few episodes just to kind of to to tie the thing together. But um, yeah, well, it'd be amazing if they do it here. But I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it. I know that obviously yeah. the last one was done here, and they introduced a lot of CIA characters based over here rather than the CTU. And yeah, and that was the I think that was the sort of plan going forward. I know that when I was auditioning, it was you know to sort of sign long term deals. Oh really? Okay. Um, yeah. So maybe they'll they'll bring it. They you know they, they, I guess they they'll you know they'll never decide until they have to. But but um but if they if they come back, it would be wonderful to be involved in Twenty Four. I'm a big fan of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously shows like Game of Thrones are always wonderful. It's, it's great to see you know guys that I've worked with over the years, Stephen Delane and and Joe and Rory, and that crop up in shows like that. So it's um, yeah. it'd be a real pleasure to be involved in that too. But um, True Detective for me at the moment is yeah. just top. It's, um, well, it's that's going to be interesting to see how the second series uh, pans yeah. out because it's got a different cast in there. Yeah, I think um, it's quite a great. I, I think it's a really interesting model. I think it's a really, you know, this idea that you can chuck in a new set of A-listers every year. And, yeah, and yeah. it's it's quite clever, isn't it? Because you know, Breaking Bad, one of the things that obviously everyone really loved the performances, but one of the things that kept coming up from from people that didn't usually talk about this kind of thing was, oh, I really love the writing. I really love yeah. the writing. 
And that was quite a new thing for yeah. American shows and British shows that people were actually commenting on that. You know, they'd yeah. actually observed how good that was. And and so I guess the business model for True Detective was always about, well, look, let's just get the, the best writing we can and, and and really try and hammer that. And if we get if we get really great writing and that becomes the sort of USP for the show, yeah. it doesn't really matter who we've got in there. You know, as long as they work yeah. not, you know, and, and the writing's really smart, then, we, then we've got something. All right. I, um, we should probably uh, get off because we've been on three quarters. Yeah, so, no, um, no problem at all, David. A real pleasure. No, it's been lovely to, to speak to you. Um, you I, too. I, I hope everything uh, go, goes uh, well. What are, you, what are you up to next? Well, I've just done also a movie called Bonded by Blood 2, which is a sort of... No, oh, cool. British gangster movie, you know, and it's something I've I've not I've not done anything in that in that genre before. So um, it's quite nice. So sort of fun part. I yeah. play like a complete psychotic. You know, so <laughs> so uh, yeah, quite an aggressive role. So quite different from yeah. I'm alright, Brad Tony. But <laughs> just um, a bit. yeah, but it's you know so just uh, you know sort of meeting and and uh, for the next stuff really. You know, it's all, all that kind of thing. But a cool. um, couple of bits to come out. So yeah. Excellent. <laughs> that should be good. All right. Well, uh, hopefully I'll, I'll get to speak to you again soon. Yeah, it'd be a real pleasure. Yeah, uh, that'd be great, David. No problem at all. Anytime. No all right. Cheers. Thanks yeah. a lot. Take care. Bye-bye. So that's it for the Amar Akbar and Tony special. Um, there is a regular podcast coming on Tuesday as well. I should have Adam with me. Um, so uh, join us for that. You'll have all the usual air date stuff, uh, as well as loads of TV news and various other geeky messing around. Um, join us then. I will uh, speak to you soon. Bye. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. 